Blog Talk Radio. Mm. Oh.
welcome, welcome again. I, I think um, I think everybody hear me. Uh, welcome to the Zenus Radio Show, hosted by Jimbe Perry, presented by Zenus. I have three amazing young ladies, and the uh, message this week is let women lead. Uh, super, super important. Uh, I want to make sure I welcome my guests. I have three amazing guests. We have one in, uh, in Zambia right now. We're trying to get on the line. Uh, so it's an international call, so we're having a little bit of some challenges, but we'll get her right on the call as soon as we can. Uh, but Violet, why don't we introduce the whole crew? Are, are, are you guys on now? Yeah, we're here. Yeah, you guys. Yeah, you guys can hear me. Yeah, I'm trying to get. Uh, uh, is it Skyla on the on the call? Skyla. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll send her the information on a private chat so she can log in. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for having us. Um, my name is Violet. I'm from Zambia, born and raised. I'm currently in the U.S. and I am a financial management technician and also uh, work in the financial health consulting space. I'm really glad to be here and I look forward to um, spending some time with you, Jumbe, and the rest of the ladies. Hi, I'm Tawera. I'm also based in the United States, born and raised in Zambia. I am a leadership life coach, and I'm in the space of the nonprofit organization as well. So I use my skills in both those organizations and in my personal business. Yeah, ladies, thank you so much. It's it's a pleasure to to have both of you guys on the line. And again, my apologies. Uh, regarding the platform. Um, I, I'm new to this. We're on episode five. I'm really trying to comb through and also maybe possibly upgrade my system because what I'm seeing a lot is giving me a lot of challenges to go on live. So that's where most of my challenges run into. So do you guys have a little bit of background on Sakala? I just sent her the back uh, for her to, to log in on the back door of the platform. So she should be able to have the... Um, be able if you guys want to just introduce her a little bit and then we'll let her jump into uh she gets on we'll let her jump on a call awesome uh i'll introduce her so sakai tigere is an entrepreneur a blogger and a facilitator with over two years of experience she has uh great success in the social media space um and i don't know if people at home are familiar with this but she's she has a fast-growing youtube channel and she gets to share um, from her personal experience from starting a business with a little capital or interviewing people. Um, she loves to um, talk about food, <laughs> entrepreneurship, books, parenting, and is all about expressing um, all her experiences and what she does with humor. And she's, she's just a, a, um, she's full of uh, joy and light, and I've just really enjoyed my interactions with her, and I'm looking forward to having her join this discussion because when I think about women who are leading and women who are um, making a difference in Zambia, she's one of the women that come to mind. So I'm really excited. And once again, thank you for this opportunity. Yeah, yeah, Violet, and shameless plug, me and you just jumped off of our, uh, we had a real estate group that we were talking about, you know, real estate in Zambia and what that looked like uh, moving forward. So, you know, uh, can you just talk about that a little bit to our listeners, you know, people that were not able to jump onto that room, the clubhouse room? Yeah, absolutely. So um, some of the things that I've been working on uh, is just to, you know, like I said, the financial health space is a place that I'm very um, passionate about. So part of financial literacy is also understanding how the real estate industry works and really listening to subject matter experts about what type of real estate uh, is available and where to invest, how to invest, how to do our due diligence, whether it's, you know, finding a lawyer, understanding how to navigate through the different types of land. Um, so, you know, we had a panel and uh, people who are investing and working in the real estate space in Zambia and uh, have been doing this for over 20, 20 years now. So I, I think that one of the things that we need to continue doing is providing safe spaces to learn and to ask the questions we need to, to ask because uh, people in the diaspora might have been away for a long time and they don't really have access to, to knowing how to navigate through this space and um, the support that they need and who they can reach out to. So I think it's important to um, have those conversations and take steps uh, and do our research as well. 
Okay. No, perfect, perfect. I love that. So as, as we wait on the call, I, you know, just for time-wise, uh, it's important that I, I get all my questions out there. Uh, both of you young ladies, um, just a little bit before we really get into the meat and potatoes, I wanted to know, and these are some of the questions that I've received from some of my listeners that had some questions for you guys. What inspires you as women leaders, and what are some objectives you are trying to get across, whether it's just here in the African-American community, African-American transplants, and as well as back home in Zambia? I can take I can take that uh, first, Jumba. So, what inspires me as a woman, and what are the objectives that we're trying to see realized in our community? One of the things that we cannot be blind to is the disparity between men and women in terms of opportunity, in terms of creating space where we can flourish. You know, statistics show that. For the most part, if you're looking at any organization, it being nonprofit or for profit, the, the gender bias is there, right? It's, it's nothing new. It's, it's our faces every single time. So as a woman who's also trying to create a table for fellow women, what inspires me is hopefully to get into a space where there's equality all across the board, right? It's, it's, it's one thing to say, what inspires us as humans. But when we begin to demonstrate what is men and what inspires women, right there we can see that the, the table, the scale is not fair. So we are trying to come with our creativity to the spaces that have been owned for such a long time by men, not just we want to compete with them, but we can also come to the table and say, I have the same giftings, I have the same talents like you do, so how about we share the space and we can also create spaces um, for us. So for me, my motivation is always empowering women and making sure that they get the same slice of opportunities like every other person is getting. The objective at the end of the day is helping a woman realize that they have the solutions to the problems just like any other man would have the solution to any problem that they're faced with. Empowering women, knowing they have it, they can do it, they can grow their confidence, and they can create tables for others as well. No, I, I, I don't think you can, say, you can say it any better than that. Uh, Violet, would you like to chime in? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just like Tawara said, you know, some of the inspiration for me is knowing that, you know, women are capable and, you know, our gender and our, you know, what we look like and all those things have nothing to do with whether or not we are, we have the ability to lead. Um, And so I think it's important to foster some form of agency and create tables that are inclusive and that create opportunities for women to have a voice and for women to have agency in the future that they want to see. Because at the end of the day, you know, we're all in this together. And sometimes it's, it's hard to, um, to feel confident uh, when you haven't really had the chance to develop that skill set and, and be in spaces where you feel like you're heard and given opportunities to learn, to fail, to try again, um, and to, to really, you know, share your perspective in a, in a judgment-free space as well. No, and that's perfect. So as we talk about you guys getting to see at the table, walk me through, both of you young ladies, walk me through some of the challenges that you have faced and you're currently facing and how you are overcoming that, those challenges. For me, when I look at the, the, the major challenge, really, when it comes to creating the spaces that every one of us needs, I'm going to use this analogy, Jumbe. When you're looking at traffic, right, if you're driving on a highway, if you're driving in Osaka, you know, north end, south end, there seems to be such a backlog in traffic. There are traffic jams all the time. And so you're trying to weave through lanes to get to where you need to go. And so the market seems to be saturated with so many ideas that sometimes you feel overwhelmed. You feel like, how will my voice be heard 
in the midst of all these markets popping up? How will my gifting, how will my talent shine in the midst of everything going on? And so the first challenge I think that we need to address, and I think Violet said it beautifully too, is just the confidence to show up and own the lane that you're in and know and believe that that is what you're called to do. You cannot be distracted by the cars on the left or the right because ultimately we are all going to different destinations. We may be sharing the same highway, but at the end of the day, my reach might be different from Violet's reach, might be different from your reach. So if we're able to embrace our lane and flourish from that perspective, then the challenges that we might face, maybe the imposter syndrome, maybe it's trying to find your own voice in a crowded market. Maybe it's trying to find those investors who believe in what you're offering. Maybe it's trying to find the client base that needs to come to what you're offering. That in itself can be solved if you truly stay and and, and embrace where you're at. Uh, The the problem sometimes I think that we might have, humanly speaking, but I think even more so when it comes to women, is just trying to compare ourselves with each other. Oh, she's succeeding. What's happening with me? You know, but if we focus our eyes on what we need to do, work hard in that lane, and when those challenges come, find the tools around those challenges, I think we can offer a good product. No, that's amazing, and uh, I and I'll get right back to that. But uh, Sekai, you're on the line now. Thank you for joining. Uh, funny thing is, I I texted Violet this morning, and I'm telling her that I'm naming the show "Let Women Lead." I can't tell you that I can't make today happen without you guys. As we were going live, everybody was in the background figuring out how we can get everybody on the call. So again, I I'm all hands up. We should let women lead. But Sekai, uh, welcome. Uh, I just want you to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself, and uh, we'll get you all caught up, okay? Uh, thank you, Jumbe. Okay, in addition to what Violet said about me, um, I think she said it all, though. Uh, so I'm a YouTuber. I have a YouTube channel, and I create content for YouTube and Instagram. I'm also a facilitator and um, an entrepreneur, and my 9 to 5 is uh, scientific research. So basically, that's what I do, and I'm excited to be a part of this discussion. No, thank you so much for joining. Thank you so much for joining. Yeah, and uh, just kind of pick up where you were. I asked the young ladies as far as what inspires you as a woman to lead. Okay, Uh, for me, uh, what inspires me to lead is just, wanting to show an example that it can be done. Like when you look uh, at stuff that happens in the past, you see that um, just talking about leading, talking about women leading is not Mm -hmm. enough, but then actually going out there and leading and doing it very effectively sets the way for other women that are coming behind you to also be able to lead in in whatever field that they are in. So for me, that's one of the things that inspires me to that inspires me to lead because I look at the women that are coming behind me and not only those that are coming behind me, but then those around me. Like the more you show that you're effective in your leadership, the more other women uh, lead and the more other women are given platforms to lead. So I think that would be my response to that question. No, thank you so much. Thank you so much. And it's important, right, that we have examples on how people – how people should lead, right? Because one of the things that I always talk about is I, I'm very involved in the community as far as mentoring young young black males, right? But a lot a lot of people come down on, on a lot of young black males, African American males to be particularly, um, because they don't have certain skills. But I always talk about, hey, they don't have examples to help them become those to nature those skills that everybody or the outside world wants them to be. So it's important that if you have one black male, one African-American male, be the example within the community so they have something to look up to. So even transitioning to you as as women, it's important that you have that seat at the table so other young women can look up to you guys to want to be that. 
So, so one of the other questions that I had from uh, one of our listeners was how do we drive finances in women? How do we drive? Sorry, let me read that. How do? What are you, particularly you three women, doing to drive uh, salary gap compared to men? You know, the wage gap is definitely very evident um, with different ethnicities and genders. Um, I think the first step is also to increase our financial literacy and even our negotiating skills. Um, you know, when you get a job offer, when, you, when, you, when you're dealing with, you know, an opportunity, I think it's important to really know what your skill set and what's really on the table and having the confidence to negotiate um, you know, in light of your skill sets and your experience, and not always taking everything that is handed to you and just be grateful, like, oh, thank you for a job, oh, thank you for this, uh, whatever it is, you know. But it's just like, you know what, practicing that pushback and negotiating can also help us, you know, bridge that gap, but also learn more about how money works and, and taking our, uh, our personal finance seriously. And, and, you know, one of the things that I do on weekends, I host – uh, financial literacy and investment classes. So we talk about money even on a cultural context because some of us um, either transition to the U.S. Um, at a young age, and so even learning how to navigate through the, the system in the U.S. Um, as an immigrant, I think it's important for us to be well-equipped so that we're making informed decisions when we're navigating through, whether it's building credit, understanding how credit works, um, investing and even, you know, home ownership, you know, car buying and all these things that I think historically we only see men taking the lead in that space, but we have to start giving those tools to women as well and making them accessible. No, great, great, great answer. Um, I would also question you women as far as, especially in the entrepreneurial world, what are some of the risks that you guys have taken that you could give some young listeners that are listening to you guys as far as uh, leaving a corporate job and becoming an entrepreneur? What did, did that uh, journey look like? For me, it was because of living in Japan. We were there for a couple of years uh, from 2019 up until most recently. And I had been applying for jobs. I knew I was qualified. I had the educational background, the experience to be hired, you know. And seven months into living in Japan, no doors were opening. And in that moment, I thought to myself, what skill can I bring to the table that I have the background in? I went to school for leadership studies and coaching. And I knew that life coaching, leadership coaching was what I really thrived in. And I said, you know what, if no jobs that are there to hire me, I am going to create my own table and start this. Was it scary? Absolutely. But I always say that if you want to step into something, it always starts with the first step. You can spend time waiting and waiting for the perfect time, and sometimes that perfect time is not there. How do you launch a business during the pandemic? That doesn't make sense. Mm. But what, what choice did I have, waiting for someone to hire me or bringing my skills to the table and say I am competent enough to offer something to someone? I know people need a coach. I know people are navigating through strenuous situations right now because of the pandemic. So this is a field I thrive in. So let me start my business. And that's how I started. I didn't wait for the perfect timing. And what's so interesting, Jim, telling this to somebody else, I forget who it was, but it's so fascinating that during the pandemic, there were over 500 first-time billionaires, not millionaires, billionaires during the pandemic. So while other businesses were shutting down, other businesses were flourishing, what was the key? Tapping into a market that needed their services. So for me, human touch, human empathy, human direction, human clarity was what I was trying to bring to the table. So I decided 
hey, what better time than now than to step into what I needed to do. So the challenge really was just overcoming that fear, you know, and I thank God for Valid because she walked this journey with me during that process. And I've had over eight, nine clients since my launch last year to this day. And even though it's in the small, you know, the small startup, I'm very confident in the next few years to come that the business is going to grow more than it's been growing since I began uh, the business. Hey, I want to first say congratulations on your clientele uh, because it is not easy to be a startup company. So I understand that. I've gone through that process, and uh, it doesn't differentiate men or women. Uh, men or women, uh, business, as you know, can struggle at the beginning, right? And you have to be focused. Absolutely. Yeah, and Thank really you. Just, just, yeah, just stay on top of it. And it will probably, you know, um, actually transition me to my next question. How do you ladies generate new ideas for your businesses? Or whether even in, I know, Violet, you still incorporate and you do your things on the side, but how do you generate new ideas to ensure that your seat at the table is just not a seat at the table? You're making effective change. And anybody can pick this question up. Hi, so um, I'll, I'll answer that one. So for I own a printing business, and for us to come up with new ideas, we definitely have to look at other businesses and also network. So it's not possible to just come up with like a completely new out-of-the-box idea. As much as we are creative, like can really just come up with something new without inspiration. So you always have to go out there getting inspiration, and I get inspiration through reading books, checking out social media pages, especially Pinterest, because of what we do is very creative. Yeah, so we check Pinterest and check Instagram, and they just network broadly. So that's how we get ideas for businesses. And it's really helpful. When I started out, I really wanted to, when my brother and I started out, we really wanted to do stuff on our own. But then the more you get into business, the more you realize that you actually need people to help you with ideas. And sometimes we actually get ideas from our clients. So you need to form relationships with your clients, and then they can suggest something new that you may not have thought about, and then you just add that to your business. Yeah. And I think just to add on, I think one of the things that really um, helped me be creative is also getting curious at, at, you know, whether it's a conversation I'm having or an article I'm reading, or you start looking at trends and asking questions, um, the, even the sessions on Saturdays that I host, uh, I think that we always have to be paying attention and, and keep a curious mind uh, because when you think about creativity, even uh, people like Steve Jobs, you know, said creativity is simply connecting the dots. And so while people are looking at, at the pandemic and there's been a lot of challenges with the pandemic, but it's also shown us ways to innovate and to, to in, in include some ways of ingenuity, um, especially using technology and using, using our own network and being able to begin to leverage and support each other. I think this pandemic has also brought opportunities for us to be creative and to create a new normal uh, that's better and equitable for all of us. So I think it's really taking that mindset and asking the question of like, okay, I have this obstacle, how can I tackle it? And if I cannot tackle it, you know, do I know someone who's faced it that I can, you know, read a book about it or ask a mentor or get support? Because more than, more often than not, someone else has already faced whatever we're facing in our life. And just because we we don't have the answer yet, it doesn't mean that it's not uh, possible to find a solution. So I think in that quest to find the answers, there lies some form of creativity and uh, mm-hmm. curiosity that can bring new ways of doing uh, things and, and ways to tweak old things as well. No, that's amazing. Uh, ladies, I, I really I like all you guys' answers. And this kind of leads me into my next question. How do we start pushing financial and independent literacy within our community? So we're not just looking to go to these companies. You know, how do we push 
entrepreneurship responsibly? Because this is some of the conversations me and my significant other is, oh, there's a lot of entrepreneurs, but are they doing it responsibly in a way that they don't put themselves in too much debt, but also being encouraged enough to say, hey, you don't have to work for a corporate uh, for a Fortune 500 company. You can start, if you like selling pillows, you can be invested in, you know, creating the new pillow. So I would like to hear for, from the entrepreneurs on the call. I'll definitely defer to Violet because she's the professional in the financial literacy world. But I think principle is principle all across the board. You know, when it comes to any startup, you definitely need to have knowledge on what it is that you're trying to do. I think one of the reasons that sometimes um, businesses fail is not having enough knowledge to know how to go about doing what needs to be done. So it ties into what Sakai and Valet are saying, that there is need for us to be educated in what we are doing, in the business we are trying to create. So if you want to be, if I can use your example, Jumbe, if you want to, to create pillows, what does that take? What are, the, what are the basic things that you need to know about pillow making? I always say that dreaming to be an entrepreneur is free. There's no cost to having dreams of wanting to be in business, but it is the in and out, the getting your hands dirty, that makes the business different from everybody else. So how knowledgeable are you about the business that you're trying to create? How dedicated are you? And then it should not just be this pipe dream of, oh, I want to have this business. Is it meeting a specific need in, in your sphere? What exactly are you trying to solve when you're saying, I have a business that I want to bring to the table? And if you're able to answer those basic questions, do you have, you know, the, the background of what it means to run that business? What problem are you trying to solve? How specific is this business? Do you have potential clients that you're going to reach? Then at that point, you know, you can begin to have those foundational issues. And then you can begin to work on having a budget that can begin to support that business that you have. In my case, I was, you know, thankful that, you know, my husband was willing to support me to, to have that seed money to start my business. Most people don't have that. So sometimes there is need for you to still work that nine to five that is going to serve as your seed money towards your business. You can't just give it all up, you know. You, you, we need to have the wisdom in a sense, to ensure that even as we want to start the business, it may not be really working for someone now, but could it be that that person you're working for is providing you the means to then hopefully in a year or two or three then launch your own business? You know, that's my take. And then I can defer to the financial experts on the line to really talk about what it looks like on the grand scheme of things. Yeah, absolutely. Thank just you. Just to jump on the, the pillow message, I would like Sakai to actually share a little bit about her journey when it comes to starting a business uh, with pillows. So I, I think that this will fit really well with some of these questions about entrepreneurship and figuring out how to seed our businesses and how to generate an income. Um, so Sakai, if you, you can share a little bit more about how you started as well um, before I, I touch on that. So um, I'm one of those people that actually started my business with um, almost no money. We actually started our business with less than $10. And, um, like, okay, we were fortunate enough that we were being, like, we went, like, we, went, we didn't have major responsibilities, like, paying for it and everything. But um, I think one of the things that's important to start a business like that is just realizing that we want that getting any food from that business at the beginning because you have to actually put in almost you make all the profits that you make you have to put back into the company and uh, with the financial literacy part i think um with more need to be done with justice because people on how to manage 
uh, money and money that comes into especially small businesses because when you start a small business, you are responsible for all your documentation and everything. So we were fortunate enough to have uh, books in the house and um, so it was easy for us to document and even if we didn't at the beginning use our profit wisely, but we did document how we used it. So I think that's the most important thing, just knowing how to document for small businesses, knowing how to document your finances for small businesses and also knowing what your government or your state says about the money that you make. So that involves things like tax and business registration. So information is there, but I think it's not widely circulated. So I think that's one of the things that needs to be done. And just to add on um, to that, I think that sometimes uh, when it comes to record keeping, Sekai touched on this too. I think when we manage our personal finances well and we, we learn how to manage our business finances. It's important to make sure that uh, we keep those entities separate um, and also to really find credible uh, trusted advisors. So whether it's a banker, I call this, uh, this is a, a t term that people use here in the U.S. a lot, calling it a bail team. So basically a banker, an accountant, someone who covers insurance, and a lawyer. Um, these people are subject matter experts in those fields, and they'll be able to speak to for example, a banker can tell you what Bank of Zambia expects from you um, as, a, as an entity and what type of entity are you going to register as. So a lawyer will be able to help you with that. What type of insurance do you need, you know, and what coverage? And so I think it's important to be able to even, um, you know, with GRZ wanting taxes, you know, what does that look like? So an accounting person who is a professional in that field will be able to give you that advice. And building that team is so important because you won't be able to know everything and ev everything about your industry and about the governance around what you need to do as a small business owner. Um, and I think it's important to foster those relationships. And the more you, you, you begin to do this work, the easier it becomes because you, you start to realize that it's okay that you don't know everything, but you can begin to do the work of research and building those networks so that um, you're in good standing you know, in your own books, but also with the, the government as well. I think just to to almost put a ball on, you know, to tie it all together, it's, it's in terms of just outside of the, the, the tools that are needed, but for you as an individual, I think we can never underestimate the power of discipline if you're going to be an entrepreneur. And distant in the sense of sometimes you'd have to starve yourself to feed your business. And what do I mean by that? You almost have to get to a point where you're saying, if I'm going to invest in starting a business, then there's some things that I'll need to cut out that may be pleasurable for a season to make sure my business is flourishing. So maybe if I love, you know, shopping a lot, maybe for the next three, four months, I'm going to cut down on those expenses and use that money instead to invest in myself. It, 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 it has to be that you're not only expecting other people to invest in your business, but you also have to have the discipline to invest in your own business. You have to have the faith to believe in what you're doing. You know, and sometimes that might mean, you know what, I'm not going to buy a few things this month. I'm not going to you know, splurge on some things, whatever monies I wanted to use, I'm going to focus those on my business because, you know, down the road there's going to be a return on your investment. It's, it's not the end of the story, but it's just the beginning. So you can, you can pay now and play later, you know, put in the work now so that three, four years from now you can relax and say, I put everything, I, I, you know, I, I did the records, I put the discipline in, you know, I got the, the the financial education behind this, and now I'm flourishing, and I can now advise other people to do the same. No, uh, ladies, uh, I'm receiving text messages as all three of you guys speak, and I'm kind of like, again, um, today my whole theme is let let the women lead, and uh, everything that you guys are speaking about is things that I hope that I am practicing right now in real life because those are the tools to to make you successful and again shameless plug me and uh violet were just on the clubhouse room talking about uh real estate 
and it was eye-opening for somebody who's been in real estate for years. I'm talking years. Experience here, and in, uh, in, I have experience in Zambia. I have here experience here in America, and just today was the first day I realized, man, it's been a long time that I've been working in real estate. I never once have I ever used a lawyer, and it's been the attitude of, oh, why should I pay to play? You know, I know this stuff instead of really hiring a professional to do it. So um, I don't know how big your teams are. Um, we're short in time. Just uh, We got about 10 minutes, but I would like for you guys, each one, to probably uh, expand on the importance of building a team around you of experts, whether it's paying for a service, just a one-time fee, or it's actually building your team and making sure you have those uh, critical teammates to ensure that your business is working well. Yeah, um, I could I could go first. Okay. So um, I too have been, you know, in the real estate space locally in Zambia, but also here in the U.S. And I think it's important to to have your team that works internally um, towards a shared goal and a vision. But you also have a supportive team. That's why uh, the acronym BAIL, like, you know, they can bail you out of trouble or something, is important because they they are a business support team. So that's a different skill set. And they won't really be building the company with you, but they are going to be giving advisory services that support and make sure that the lights are on, uh, so to speak, um, and that you're in good standing. So I think as you're building your team internally, I think shared values is really important um, and, and making sure that there's alignment. You know, we, we, we hear a lot about the Simon Sinek uh, quotes about, you know, start with your why, your purpose. So I think you have to always be clear, like, what is your why and what are you serving? And as you're recruiting people and with COVID and all these things happening, it's harder to foster that, that trust and everyone is going through different kinds of challenges. So I think we also have to do our due diligence and be patient as we're building our team, um, but also realize that we're, we're going to get it wrong. We're going to make mistakes, um, but, you know, we're all learning how to navigate through this COVID space and building a team during a pandemic. But always remember that values and uh, your purpose should always be the North Star. And so whether, you know, someone is competent in an area um, you know, trust that they can do that and make sure that, you, you know, one thing that I'm learning is realizing that not everyone will read your mind. <laughs> Actually, nobody, nobody can read your mind. So just learning how to communicate well and to, to follow up and to circle back when you need to and when you're confused, ask for clarification um, and really build that trust and be consistent. Uh, we all go through challenges, but I think it's always important to remember to, to build to build those relationships. And like I said, with the subject matter experts for the support staff on the advisory, they don't really build your business, but they support the cause and make sure that you can accomplish your objectives. Thank you. I think when it comes to the type of thing that you need to have, it's key, just pretty much piggybacking on what Violet has said, it's key to be humble enough to know what your limitations are and be willing to seek mentors who can help you in that space. When I began the coaching business, I had a mentor who coached me for one full year, once a month for an hour, telling me exactly the do's and don'ts of what it means to start a business. Thankfully, this service was provided freely because of the type of job that my husband does. But with that being said, there's so many people I'm hoping who are willing to mentor other people in their areas where they are lacking. My hope is that we can always empower each other and not feel like we're competing, you know, against each other. So if you need a team that is going to help you as an entrepreneur, like Violet said, can you find a mentor who is in the accounting world, an attorney? Can you find a mentor who is in the insurance world? How can they come alongside you? You may not have the money maybe to pay them, but what can you give in exchange? How can you batter what it is that they have? I can give a perfect example. As a life coach and a leadership coach, I had a friend of mine 
who is great at building websites, but she needed a life coach. So I said, hey, I'll provide my services to you, and how about you bring your expertise to me? So she built my website, and I gave her some coaching, you know, sessions. So sometimes it may not be that you have the money to pay for the mentors that you need or the support that you need, but it's what can you give in exchange? How can you invest in someone who's also willing to invest in you based on the type of business that you own? Going back to what Valet said, it's very critical to have the same value space as well. Are we clicking on the same wavelength? Do we do we speak the same language? And sometimes it's good to have outsiders who will challenge your thought process and say, hey, have you thought about this? What can you do differently? So team is always necessary. Have people who are there to support you, who root for you, and who are willing to correct you. I call it constructive criticism. You know, because some people will just criticize you because they may be fearful of what you can bring to the table. But find people who will speak into those spaces, call you on the carpet when things are not going the way they're supposed to be. Find someone who you're accountable to, and hopefully that team can serve you better to launch what it is that you want to launch. No, great answers, ladies. And, I, you know, I'm always critical I'm I'm really always critical about uh, pay to play, you know, especially with now that something that has become famous is the Instagram gurus, you know, charging people five thousand dollars to teach them something they don't even practice. I was um, in Miami a couple of weeks ago and I met with a friend and they shared with me that they will um, they have hired an Instagram guru to help them with Airbnb. And I'm like, for what? Mm. You guys know I do Airbnb. You should have talked to me. <laughs> you paid this guy $2,000 to teach you how to post your own house or become a super host. I'm like, you know, I'm showing them statements from my Instagram, my um, Airbnb app, which is rarely available. You know, you can go in there and see how much you made in year one, year two, everything. It's, I mean, their balance sheet is well put together. And my friends were surprised. They're like, why didn't we just ask you? I'm like, yeah, there's no reason for you to pay this guy $2,000. And I kid you not, he probably doesn't even own an Airbnb. He just thought it's a good idea to tell people how to run an Airbnb. Yeah. So, you know. Um, unless and, Kai jump in, she unmuted. Yes, Kai, jump in. Okay. Hey, Kai, you there? Cool. Yeah. I think everybody has said everything that needs to be said, but then I wanted to bring in, like, my personal experience and just say, like, there's very few things that you can do if you just decide to do everything on your own, and you'll make more mistakes if you do decide to do things on your own. So, like, in my experience, I have a YouTube channel. Most people edit their own videos, but I do not have that time. Mm. I have somebody that I work with, and it's the same thing with um, our business. We try to read up on accounting, on the business registration and the return, but then we realize that, oh, you can actually pay a minimum fee to have somebody do all that work for you. So I think that's just a question of working hard versus working smart, and I think the smart way to work is just to just get as many people on your team as possible. If you have the money, you can pay for some of the services, but then you also don't have to pay for for everything. Because if you have, that's how you say your network is your net, your network is your network. Because if you have the right people around you, there's very few things that you're going to pay for. But then it is important to pay for, like just ready to sacrifice a little bit to just get the help that you need. Yeah, that's 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 my my addition. No, ladies, thank you so much, and we, we, you know, we're coming, we're coming down to uh, our last minute. I just want to give you, ladies, an opportunity. One, two, shout you, uh, give a shout out to your website, your social media, uh, what you're doing, and um, I would love to have you, ladies, you know, come back uh, in a better form. I want us to be able to have two, three hours of just good talk because myself and Violet have been discussing putting together a workshop. So, uh, ladies, uh, we're down to our last minute of live. So, just I would like for you guys to give uh, your website and where people can find you. And thank you so much for coming on. 
Thank you for having us, Jumbe. Uh, my website is www.towera, that's T-O-W-E-R-A, Loper, L-O-P-E-R. So www.towera.loper.com. And you can always email me at info at towera.loper.com. And I'm on Facebook and at Tawera Loper and Purpose Catalyst Coach on Instagram. Thank you. My email is humanityteam.global, and then my email is info at humanityteam.com. So humanityteam is H-U-M-A-N-I-T-E-A-M.com. Thank you. Can you can follow me on my content agenda and you can search for my YouTube, that's Sekai Tigere. Sekai is S-E-K-A-Y-I, and Tigere is just Tiger with an extra E at the end. And that's my name on all other social media platforms. And for our business name, we can simply search Giseto, that's G-I-S-E-T-O, and I think all the information is going to come up if you search for that. Thank you. Ladies, thank you so much, so much. I appreciate you guys blessing me. And, again, you guys feel free to come on anytime. If you guys want to make it a little bit longer, we can. It's been great information. I'm receiving a bunch of text messages, everybody asking questions, so I'll make sure that I pass your information on. Um, have a beautiful yeah, day. I know you. Thank yeah, you for having Zambia, us. Yeah, you're getting ready to go to bed, right? So you're getting ready to go to bed. <laughs> yeah, thank uh, you, Sikai. I know my people you, in America you, got dinner, so... <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, ladies. Have a good day. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Mm. Oh. Oh. Oh, oh, oh.